Hello and welcome to episode 180 of Relics of Ore. I'm your host, Grybach, and joining me this evening is my usual co-host, Spirit, and our recurring guest ho- host, uh, Opt. How are you doing this evening, Opt? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Oh, it's been kind of a rough day, but, uh, you know, hopefully we'll end it on a happy podcast. Uh, how are you doing this evening, afternoon, morning, whatever time it is in Magic New Zealand, Spirit? I am... Yeah, I'm doing good, too. It has potential to be a rough day for me, but it hasn't happened yet, so I'm going to like try and keep it that way. All right. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, so this is a... Uh, gosh, I don't know. I don't know how long this episode's going to be. It might be real long, or we might just sort of be like, hey, everything's cool, because we just got our spring quarterly update, and there was a ton of stuff in it, despite the fact that there was virtually nothing communicated about it beforehand. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a good patch. I'm really happy with it. Yeah, same here. I wasn't expecting most of the uh, uh, insane quality of life and uh, just generally good changes all around. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of amazing how many just how many positive changes were in this in this patch. Is there any topic you guys want to start with or? I mean, if you really want, we can start with the topic nearest and dearest to my heart. Which is? The raid lobby. Raid lobby? All right. Why don't you <clears throat> why don't you two talk about that a bit? All right. So um, they added an entire lobby for raids, which fixed a couple problems. It fixed people AFKing for raids or looking for groups in Heart of Thorns maps where they didn't need to be. Um, it made an accessible hub point for raiders, and uh, most excitingly of all for me is that there is a special instance you can go to with um, a highly customizable DPS testing arena, essentially. You can get um, stationary golems, moving golems, golems with large hitboxes, whatever you want to wail away on, and every quarter of its health that you take down, it reports on your DPS, your total damage, and the time. And that is has the potential to be immense for a lot of things. It's really, really good um, in the sense that we haven't had an option for this in PvE ever. It was always sort of wail away on a champion and guess and do some math. And now we have some actual tools to work with. Um, what else? Uh, it'll be really good for... Figuring out DPS issues will be good for testing new builds that we could never test, especially with like stat sets that don't exist in PvP. Um, you don't have to compete with anyone else for the golems, so the PvEers won't be in fighting with the PvPers for the test golems, which would be really nice. Um, you can bring up to 10 people into that instance, so you can take your whole raid team in there and do it. And if you want to just go solo, there's options to customize the boons on you, the conditions on your enemy, and the profession-specific things on you. So even if you're in there just on, you know, your elementalist, but you want to test um, with spotter and banners because, you know, you would have those in raids, you can do that. Super easy. Just uh, tweak the the control panel. It is so good. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll have to give that a chance. I just have been too busy to check that out. Have you used it much, Opt? Uh, yeah, I, I played around with it to give it give it a whirl. It's um, it's pretty cool. Um, I I really like that you can just you can just give yourself full buffs and like get get an idea of what your quote unquote like DPS on a spreadsheet would be because it's not you know it's not it's not quite depending on how you use it it's not quite realistic because you you can stand still 
you don't need to you don't need to heal like really like you mm -hmm. can you can turn on like a pulsing damage field so you do have to heal a little bit um what what else about it you don't have to um yeah and you, you can just you can just focus on pumping dps as hard as you can and having perfect uptime on like every every boon and every every uh, profession buff as well so i was i was hitting like I got to like thirty thousand DPS on the large target, uh, large large target column with my uh, tempest, and I heard of uh, somebody in one of my other guilds getting up to forty five k using stuff like animation canceling and whatnot. Wow, which That's intense. It's yeah, it's intense, but it also doesn't it, like it. It doesn't really correspond to reality either. So sure. so so this this is one this is one of those things where um like it, it's a great tool and I'm glad it exists because like you'll be able to like you'll. You'll be able to like have a very good idea of like does does this new gear or this change by rotation make how much of a difference does it actually make in my gear? Because mm. in, traditionally in this game, it's always always been really kind of opaque, like what like what makes a big difference or not. But this the, but this is this is really going to help, and these are the these are the kinds of things that are going to make um, make rating and underst understanding uh, success and raids uh, easier. Yeah, that's good for sure. It. Yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly, I'd like to probably test a few things with certain stackability of different condition extenders and things like that in there because I know that there's like there's a condition bonus cap, but then there's certain things that ignore that cap or are like outside that cap for duration boosts and a lot of that kind of stuff. That's just like, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Anyway, so it it'll be it'll be nice to be able to like test that kind of stuff out so i think it's pretty cool it's also it's nice that it's scalable and customizable because you know i mean there's different situations obviously and and different builds that need to get tested and like it's not it's not tied to the specific mechanics of the raid so it should ostensibly be applicable in you know for all future raiding testing at least mm -hmm. in terms of the dps aspect so that's pretty cool I've heard people voicing concerns that basically the fact that we can we can test out DPS at all is going to be a problem in getting pug groups, but I don't really think that's going to be a thing. It was nice of them to... I, th I think it was a clever solution to allow a place where you can check people's DPS, but it's not necessarily in the raids. So if somebody wants to really check that, they have to go out of their way to do it. So I think it'll be less... Uh, sort of discriminatory discriminatorily used than say having it actually happen within the raid itself yeah i think the greater potential for discrimination is would be you know once people just sort of math it all out and say oh look condi necros cap out at you know 15k dps or whatever because of condition durations or, or whatever it is and you know well warriors get up to 70k on perfect targets so we just don't need necros anymore or you know insert whatever class here mm -hmm. um but that already existed anyway and people already were running dps calculators from third parties also so i don't really think this is going to particularly contribute to that any more than it already did so that's you know that's that's just sort of inevitable whenever there is a massive imbalance in terms of two professions or two builds trying to do the same role and if one mm -hmm. of them is markedly better it it's just going to be the one that people are going to demand because presumably that's what high-end content will be based around maybe not 
requiring that, but based around the assumption that you can have that, so you can't make it trivialized by those things. So, yeah, I mean, but that's that's more of a meta overall aspect of rating, not a not something specifically introduced by having an in-game DPS tool. So, yeah, you know, I'm not going to look a feature in the mouth, so to speak, a gift feature. Yep. I also and, thought it was interesting. Oh, sorry, go ahead, up. Yeah, and uh, like, like, I, I, it's ultimately it's just a tool, and how how the community decides to use the tool. You know, like, pe- people use people will use it um, to produce useful data, and people will use it to be elitists. Like, that, I don't think that means that the tool shouldn't exist. Yeah, and and like I said, they, I mean, tools like even though it wasn't specifically this type of or this thing, the fact that there are DPS meters that read from your log means that people already were doing dps meters and dps checks and and all of those types of things even without a proper tool or a proper in-game tool to do it all that this does is moves it to a trustworthy reliable source so that's yeah at least elitism is going to be based on reliable first party data right exactly so that's and and in, and in fact, if there is a balance issue, like like in your example just now, like it would be like it would be it would be really easy to demonstrate. Oh, look, this this profession optimally buffed is significantly weaker than this other profession doing this role. Yeah, and like the the ability to turn on all the buffs is actually super useful because I know that just from my own experience with rating, I was running the DPS meter for a while and you know, a lot of the time it varied wildly because I didn't necessarily have all the buffs on me at once. And so it was hard to know how much of that was rather how much my uh, theoretically lower DPS than potential was coming from lack of buffs or things like that, which are not necessarily, you know, any one person's fault or anything like that, or how much it's just like, this is the same build and the same DPS air quotes potential, but you know, when you're missing quickness and or 25 stacks of might or whatever, it's just, you know, it, it's really hard to parse out that kind of information when you're not in control of those things. And so the I think it's really smart that they've baked in the ability to just turn on, you know, all the buffs. Uh, I, I think that's very useful. I agree entirely. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Spirit? I thought it was interesting. I actually jumped in there with Jalinar earlier. And he's got a full full Ascended Tempest. He's been rating for a long time, and I think maybe the only character he's had is definitely the only character I've ever seen him play. Um, and I jumped in there on my Tempest, having uh, recently studied the rotations, thinking about trying Tempest, but not actually playing it. So my rotations were pretty good. His rotations were pretty good. Um, the major difference between us is that I didn't have Ascended Armor, and I was able to, with the same buffs, able to hit 30k DPS to his about 32 um, which is, you know, adds up over the course of the fight, but also less than I sort of imagined the difference of, of Ascended Armor was. So I thought that was cool to, to actually be able to concretely see um, how much of an Im- impact that ar- the armor makes. Because all along, I mean, for a long time, people have been saying, you know, the armor specifically doesn't make a huge damage or a huge difference. It's your your weapons and your trinkets. Um, and I haven't I haven't tested them with exotics. I'm not going to go backwards to exotics to to get a set to test them out. But I thought it was a, thought it was a cool uh, opportunity to actually see that in practice. Yeah. Was there anything else? Oh, huh. yeah. While we're at it, it appears that raid aggro has been broken for Veil Guardian and. Um, it was fixed today. 
Oh, was it? Well, Her- there hooray! You go. At least they're yeah. on top of it. Twit raids on Patch Tuesday, so we have been we have been hosed by all of the acro bugs that have <laughs> happened. Like there was uh, when like when Slothosaur like there something was wrong with Slothosaur after one of the patches, right? Yeah. And yep. And then um, and then there was this one, and I think I think there was one there was one other, but I think it was only Gorsable, and we and we uh, didn't get to Gorsable that week. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I. When the first wing released, we praised it very highly as not being very buggy. I mean, there were, there were a few things, but not any majorly impacted things, and it sort of just seems to have gotten worse as they fix thing, fixed things, which just it makes me so sad. I mean, they're, they're trying so hard, and then it doesn't work out. <laughs> just like, roll well, my it's eyes. just uh, this is very this is very fragile content. Like uh, mm-hmm. like so- something like the aggro mechanic being broken, like it, in. In any other content, it would just be annoying. But in raids, like it makes them borderline unplayable for most groups. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, it's they're they're very punishing, and they're very uh, yeah. It's just especially because there is no unified aggro mechanic in this game, so it's not like they can just test like, oh, does taunt still work? Uh, taunt in the classic MMO sense, although theoretically in this sense too, you know, they it's like does each fight's different way of handling aggro work still? Like, well, I don't know. Uh, so, I mean, you know, I, I can see how problems happen and, and are not necessarily caught quickly, or rather, not, not caught before they hit live and have a ton of people hitting them all the time saying, you know, your stuff's broke. So, yep. But yeah, I'm glad w- that it's fixed already. That's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that, that was good news. I, I hadn't heard that yet myself. Alrighty, well, uh, was there anything else about raids that you guys wanted to do, discuss, or should we just move on to other stuff, because there's a lot of stuff? I'm good for now. I'm sure you'll hear more about raids from me in the future. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will. Uh, do we want to jump over to the semi-related content of Fractals? High-end PvE? Yes. Yeah. Sure. I'll yeah, so you do op- that one. Yeah, I was going to say, why don't you talk about it? You Fractal the most out of the three of us. So, um, so as, so if if you've been playing Fractals, you've been playing a lot of Swamps for the last couple months, and that is, that will no longer be the case, because they have, they have replaced the, the, they've made new Fractal dailies that uh, require you to do a specific Fractal, so for instance, today it was, what was it, Aetherblade Retreat, um, Jade Maw, and, uh, oh god, what was the third one? Yeah, oh, uh, the Char, the, yep, uh, Ascalon, yeah. Um, and, and, uh, the, and there's, uh, in each of the four tiers, each of the four, like 25 level increments, there's a, there's a, there's a daily for doing each of those three fractals in each of those tiers. So there's 12 total. Uh, but the cool thing about it is if you do them on the, if you do them on the, on a higher tier, you, uh, you automatically get all the achievements for the lower tiers. So if you do one fractal, so if you do the daily Jade Maw at level 80, you get four bouncy chests worth of worth of uh, daily rewards for that. So that's yeah. uh, so that's pretty cool, and that actually like something that it's just something that I finally wanted from Fractals for such a long time that you really that it really like rewards your time uh, for but for uh, playing the high level Fractals. Yeah, and they've totally rebalanced the rewards because because of the way that they're scaling that you know because the fact that you're getting multiple chests obviously they. Well, maybe I shouldn't say obviously, but they they're going to have different rates than the swamps of the mists had, but with she, with the sheer volume that we've been uh, uh, getting just from the two days that it's been out, we've gotten a lot of ascended gear right off the bat already. So, um yep. 
on the first day I got, we did, I did, uh, actually, I think we're all three of us there for both days. Yes. Yeah. So we did the, the highest tier fractals. So we got all the fractal rewards for all of the dailies. And the first day I got two ascended helmet boxes. And then the third or the second day, I didn't get quite so lucky, but I did get, you know, uh, I think two rings and, or no, three rings and an accessory. So not terrible. Um, how about you guys? What was your luck like? Um, the, the best thing that I've gotten so far was a, uh, I've, I haven't gotten any, I've gotten some rings, but I also got an ascended salvage tool. So I was able to, so, so it was a, it was a freebie salvage. I think I got like 13 stabilizing matrices from it. So that was, that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I haven't gotten any boxes yet, but I did get a Damask. So like refined ascended materials can drop from these daily boxes. Yep. I've got, um, the first day I got two two Deldramar steel ingots and a ascended salvage kit. A kit which has twenty uses. So those three things combined, I got about thirty plus gold worth. Uh, just those three items. Um, not including, you know, the ten actual gold I got from the junk items that you sell. Or whatever. I don't I don't remember exactly what it was. I was in shock, wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> today I didn't get as much. I got a lot of gold, like just flat gold today. I think I got almost twenty gold. Um, and an ascended helmet. So that's amazing. Yeah, and somebody else in our group today got an ascended weapon box. Uh, I think Ern got an ascended weapon box yesterday. So mm-hmm. in in the mm-hmm. same group. So so far we're looking at what two, three, four, five, five ascended items between two days of fractaling ascended armor and or weapons. That's mm-hmm. uh, granted split between. 10 people but that's or rather five people twice but that's still uh, at least initially points to a much higher drop rate if you complete the high tier fractals so absolutely i uh you know also to add to that i mean that's those are the quote-unquote really valuable items um there's also a lot of stuff dropping that didn't drop before like potions um they you know they don't make a huge difference but they do they can make a huge difference a lot of people didn't buy them before because you had to spend fractal relics on them, but now you have the option to use these sort of misdefensive or defensive potions that uh, buff your damage or defense, respectively, in, in fractals that you don't have to pay for. You can just have those a, as a bonus to save up for some time when you need them. Uh, Black Lion uh, goodie chests have dropped. I don't know what drops out of those. Is it like merchants and trading It's the same stuff things? as the daily login rewards. So yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, like, so sometimes Black Lion salvage kits... Uh, merchants, bank access. Um. Yeah, I mean, I can see myself being disappointed if I got those. I haven't yet, but um, it's certainly better than the feeling of sort of quote-unquote nothing, which is what we said a lot before this change, where, you know, we'd get an ascended ring and it wasn't infused and we, we said we got nothing because yeah. it was worth you about got, four you got silver. Some money, but nothing exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel as if I've gotten nothing since the patch. I feel like I've gotten, I, maybe not the items I wanted immediately, but I got something worthwhile out of it, and it, it feels really good to do, to the point where I was actually looking forward to daily rollover today, because I was like, yeah, I want to do fractals again. I want to see my loot again, which yeah. is a feeling I haven't felt in a very long time. And, yeah. and, not, and not to mention the, um, like, the, the, the now getting to 100 is actually, like, wor- worthwhile from a rewards perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Also, on that note, when with regard to getting to higher levels and participating in higher level fractals, they have done a lot of rebalancing on uh, scaling, uh, it appears, as well as making some of the more 
onerous fractals less awful, uh, namely Cliffside. And yeah, I mean, I had, and, and also with instabilities, they nerfed slash adjusted various really not fun instabilities to be much more reasonable uh, and and keep either the same idea or just completely changed but still being a thing so uh, high level fractals are not nearly as obnoxious or daunting as they may have seemed before because i did some high 80s fractals with you guys once or twice before and it was just like i never never want to do this again it was just the instabilities were just not fun and everything's were hit every everything was hit point sponges and it was just just not i mean you know it was kind of challenging but mostly just in that really tedious sense but having done 80s and 90s and a level 100 fractal you know the past two days it's been a lot less painful so i definitely welcome those changes yeah, maybe I've just maybe I was just imagining that there were scaling changes, but like I really wasn't noticing like the da- like the damage sponge problem in the in the eighties and nineties that we've done in the last couple days, um, and and like like even in, even in like a non optimized comp, like we had like for one of our groups we had three necros, a guardian, and a tempest. So like we like we should like we shouldn't we weren't putting out like DNT raid comp level DPS, but like <laughs> we were we were getting through stuff just fine. Yeah, things uh, were dying mm-hmm. pretty quick. Like relative to my expectations let's put it that way yeah so so but stuff was still hitting like a truck with which it should like it's it's high level fractal stuff should do more damage like that doesn't like it only that only makes it take longer if you if you're dying a lot by getting hit but if stuff has if stuff has too much health then it's just gonna arbitrarily take longer because you have to stand there to burn it down but i wasn't noticing that so that's um so if there if there was a scaling change and it's not just all of our imaginations then uh then that's a great change Mm-hmm. Well, and then again, there's also just the instability changes in general, which may yeah, not absolutely. directly be a scaling change, but when everything doesn't get a billion stacks of protection when you crit it, or like, yep, yeah, I mean, all sorts of just the bad instabilities that have just been fixed or cleaned up or gone are just more manageable. Um, that makes a huge difference in how long it takes to kill things, even if their hit points haven't changed because their effective hit points have changed. Yeah, the uh, the, the inst- a lot of the instabilities are like balanced now. Yeah, they're put on cooldowns, or they're only given a subset of things that can happen. Um, you know, like the the one where they get or what is it where they when they get boons by getting crit now only is certain boons. The one where they inflict random conditions is now only certain conditions. They're not gonna fear you like at the worst possible time in no way your control like yeah they're not going to fear and immobilize you at the same time yeah exactly it's just just a lot of really positive changes on that front yeah and actually like the first so the first fractal that i did with with the new patch was uh it was the ascalon fractal in the 80s so it had like reduced endurance regeneration and random conditions and the er- the arrow cards like on every tick were applying a random damaging condition and that like like those arrow cards only do like 20, 20 physical damage each, so it's like nothing. But those conditions actually really hurt. And then, uh, and that's before any of the Ascalonians noticed us. And then, and then all of a sudden we were party wiped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas before it was the same as that, except you were also getting CC'd in every direction from those arrow cards. And yeah, you, yeah, it was. Yeah, now they are a threat, but they're not 
literally the worst. And and you can uh, and you can make some tweaks to your build to account for the for that part, for that particular mechanic rather that rather than the mechanic just being so overwhelming that there's no possibility of countering it. Like namely the like the enemies get boons on crit one. Yeah, exactly. Now that they can't get you know a billion stacks of stability and they can't get retaliation times a billion, <laughs> like. I think I think they can still get protection, but they only get they only get so much. So you can so <laughs> yeah. there's, it's actually viable to like strip boons. Yeah, like I mean, protection is fine. It makes them more annoying, but like <laughs> just literally access to every boon was uh, it was abusively too good. So all very positive changes there. Does anybody have anything else to say about fractals? Uh, we didn't actually talk about cliffside. Oh, that's true. Yeah, uh, why, don't, why don't you guys take that away? Spirit, you. Okay, so. Uh, they did a lot of... Cliffside was previously pretty tedious and long uh, and difficult in exactly one spot that made it really annoying. Um, they have pretty much removed all the pain points and just sort of smoothed out the whole experience. They've taken away the, the boss fight at the beginning. It's just a trash clear. Um, they have smoothed out the pass so there's less, um, less obnoxious points where you can fall off. They've made it so you can disable the traps. So if you have someone who has difficulty getting through the traps, you can help your teammates out. Um, they capped the number of enemies that can spawn at the the arm sigil. So there's only five now, although they do scale with difficulty. They aren't overwhelmingly difficult and tedious to defeat. The hammer does more damage to the seals. And when you're carrying the hammer, you get a giant icon above your head that turns colors depending on how many stacks you have. So your friends can see uh, much more visibly how you are doing with the hammer and who has it and what it's used for. And it's just very good quality of life changes all around. In addition, the uh, last boss got a huge rework, so he's not as tedious or uh, rough as he used to be. Although, yeah, I've got some things to say about combat changes that are probably factoring into that as well. But uh, you can dodge the cages attack now. Um, it's a big AoE, which can catch now more than one person, uh, but can also be dodged. And he puts you in the cages, which now take condition damage. So if you're on a Scepter Necro, you don't get stuck in there for a thousand years. Um, and the cages deal torment to you while you're in there. So if you're a Scepter Necro, you might want to get a teleport so you can get 10 stacks of torment to go throw on the guy when you get back. I'm not commenting on anything you should or should not do in your practical parties, but that's I don't definitely that. why you did that, right? Oh, no, right. I did. I was doing it on purpose. <laughs> Uh-huh, that's, you I was can like, keep telling yourself that. I did, I did. <laughs> um, that makes oh, me yeah. so happy, because I ins- I insisted on, like, I stubbornly stuck with running Kanye Necro and Fractals for so long, like, back back, be- back before uh, they fixed condition caps in PvE and all and all that stuff, so mm-hmm. so n- now not, o- not, not only is uh, Viper Necro, like, in demand for raids, but, um, <laughs> but you can do fun stuff like that in Fractals, too. Yep. Uh, speaking of torment i guess uh the last boss has been reworked so that he uses various revenant skills um we sort of had a discussion earlier about whether he actually was a revenant or not i tend to think they just used those assets that they already have to convey that he is a evil bad but uh he under 25 percent at the higher levels he actually goes into the uh form similar to the malik's demon form uh, I'm not entirely sure what happens differently because I was running around and dodging a lot during that phase. 
They've made his hammer have a big orange tail, so you can watch where it's going to be hit. You can break bar to interrupt that. It's got the big circles from the other ones, and of course the chanters are there, um, ever putting vulnerability on you and trying to punch you in the butt. So <sighs> overall, it's a lot more... Got a break bar to stop more... the wells. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot more of an engaging experience than it used to be, and I genuinely had fun with it the last couple of days. Yeah, I think uh, at the end of the fight, we were like, we were all pretty much managed. So they're like, yeah, they they did it. This is fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was it was pretty enjoyable. Additionally, a few things you didn't quite mention. There's a lot more scaffolding, so the the trip up is a lot faster mm. and easier. Like aside from combat changes, um, and also they added an NPC for if you accidentally fell off with the hammer. Uh, it's much easier to reacquire it now, which is... I've lost my hammer. Can you give me a new one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The ancient magical hammer that I just threw off into the abyss and the mystery searchers can somehow produce over and over. Something, something speed force. <laughs> um, yeah, but overall, very, very, very positive changes. Um, yeah, like I said, before I just dreaded above 70 honestly i didn't even really like the 70s aside from swamp because it was so easy but i i used to dread a lot of those fractals and for the most part um that dread is gone so so you still play fractals with me uh some i (laughs) will have to renegotiate whether or not i'm going to do ether blade again yeah that was that was a bit rough pretty bad i i still i think the i think the walls giving six stacks of agony per hit was a bug Oh, well, I I, mean... I I hope so. Whether or not it's a bug or intended, that's how it is, so... (laughs) Can can it please be a bug? Yeah, it was, uh, we just, we just finished that right before the podcast, and it was not great. Like, nothing else changed in the fight, but, like, yeah, just a golem pulling you was like an instant death sentence, and it was effectively impossible to res anyone, like, it was... It was bad. the the uh, The cluster frack was was uh, not an enjoyable play experience. But but like fighting the mobs and everything, you know. Again, they weren't hit point sponges, so a lot of those aspects were were good. So, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, fractals are good. They're yeah, they're just a lot better. So, and I hope the um, I hope it wasn't just like day one luck that everybody got really good stuff like i hope that that persists yes yeah if yes exactly that's there's really nothing more to say about that like if they if if we just all got massive first day luck then that's a tragedy because they feel like they're worth it finally so yeah um speaking of repeatable content that is rewarding spirit would you like to talk about dungeons um, actually, I was going to branch off quickly into dailies and raids, if that's okay. We'll get around uh, to dungeons. That works, too. Sure. Okay, so, uh, speaking of getting uber crap tons of money and loot out of fractals, um, and fractal dailies being, we, did we talk about how actually the fractal dailies got reworked? Because that's so good. That, well, I mean, just that doing it at higher tiers gets you all of them, right? Right, yeah. So. Yep, and the, um, and and how it's the four tiers and the specific fractals and no no not not swamps of the mist anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh. So yeah, that is, that is all going in. Those are fractal dailies are separate to normal dailies. But if you complete your normal dailies, which got a huge um increase in the number of available choices for you to do, so, or sorry, not choices. Um, 
Although I think there are additional choices per day, there's a wider variety in the number of things that can come up, including jumping puzzles, mini dungeons, um, you know, various gathering ones, the new, if you have Heart of Thorns, there are various things to do in the Heart of Thorns maps for your dailies. And completing any three of those will grant you two gold. Um, there hasn't been a lot of talk about this yet, other than some people went, <gasps> inflation! And uh, some people we're like, yay, we have a viable source of playing a little bit and getting a little bit of gold now. Um, I'm not too sure where I fall on that ultimately, but the new fractal rewards and the new daily rewards um, are sort of pushing a pain point on raid rewards for me, where now, once a week, I can kill Veil Guardian and get two gold, and maybe something else, usually not. Uh, or seven times a week, I can look at a vista, gather some lettuce, and then uh, walk through a mini dungeon and get two gold. And that doesn't feel good as a raider, especially because I am in the raid multiple times a week, usually killing bosses multiple times a week, and just accepting that I'm not going to get rewards for it. Um... And, you know, I understand the the wanting to have a weekly lockout and that eventually as we get more raid wings, uh, I will have more options to do more bosses and it will sort of eventually theoretically balance out to the the point where I I can get more rewards from doing the content that I like. But also uh, having that sort of high-end stuff uh, at least appearing to me to not be the best way to get anything really is a little bit uh rough on me yeah the, it's a very stark contrast between the two that and and like another example is like they added those uh raider supply boxes when you kill a boss for the first time mm-hmm. and those those are a one-time reward that can give you some that give you a couple of uh, refined ascendant materials and uh and a chance of like an exotic inscription i guess so you can stat swap stuff if you want um, and you can get like vipers from that, so that's. Uh, I think you can pick like a viper's inscription, so that's nice. But yeah, it's like a couple gold worth. Mm-hmm. But it's like a it's like a one time thing. Whereas you, you're in your login rewards, there's the chest of loyalty where you can get what you can get one or two ascended materials every 28 days from literally doing nothing more than just logging in. So that's that's like another so that's like another point of contrast where there's yeah. these there's these really good rewards for not doing a whole lot and then there's rewards for raids where you do where you like play a really hard <laughs> and you get about the same as if you had done one of the easy things. And that's yeah. assuming that you've actually gone through all of the effort to learn the raid and succeed at it like Yep. Way more cause... way more preparation, you know, to, and and ha- actually having the having the raid together all of you having practiced enough to get to defeat the boss and or bosses. To be fair, there is a bit of that on fractals, obviously, because you need ascended gear for fractals also for the infusions to be yep. able to do those high level ones, and you need to have played through quite a bit, probably, to get your reward level up there so that you're not just like constantly asking for other people to take you in, but still, like that that being said. Uh, yeah, it's there's there's a large disparity in terms of the effort to payoff ratio between raids and not raids, and not in the good way like you want. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess 
I don't know. I sort of, I think legendary armor times ties into it, or at least it, uh, it feels like it does for a lot of people is like, we're putting in our time and raids now and then it'll pay off later when ascended or sorry, legendary armor comes out. I don't know about that. Also the legendary backpack is out and I'm working on that. And I'm having a lot of fun with the fractal collection, actually. Yeah, it's, it's a cool collection. Well, just to back up a bit on the legendary armor, like I'm still amazed that we still have no idea what it looks like. Like the amount of the amount of effort that raiders are putting in on faith that the collection won't be asininely expensive and and or that they will even like how it looks for legendary armor is uh, astounding. Like I I can't believe that those assets aren't out in front of the public yet for given the time frame that people are giving the amount of time that people are putting in for the amount of days and months that they are putting it in. It's, uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know for me, like, I don't, there will probably be a stronger drive to get it if I do like the skin, but also at the same time, because it's just probably going to be pretty prestigious. I would go for it anyway, because I am that person. I am that person sure. just because it's hard to get, I will go do it. That's fair. But even so, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm afraid it's going to cost like way, way, way too much. Yeah, and that and that I could have just made multiple sets of ascended armor instead, and and I would get more <laughs> utility ar- ar- out of those sets of armor because I would not have to play the inventory shuffle. Yeah, and the uh, rune and sigil shuffle. Yeah, yeah. To but. be honest, I uh, already because we know that the last. Um, actually finishing the collection. So if I do all the collection stuff from Raid Wing 1 and Raid Wing 2 and Raid Wing 3 when that comes out, um, I will get a full set of Ascended Armor out of it. And if I decide to go any farther with it, that's fine. And if I don't, then I got a full set of Ascended Armor for doing that first collection. So That is true. That's yep. that's uh, undeniably at least a decent reward. But it's also, it's also a lot of effort and you already yeah. assuredly <laughs> have a full set of Ascended Gear. <laughs> Or m- many in order to have gotten there in the first place. But I don't really want to rag on raids too much. There's still a ton of stuff mm-hmm. to talk about. Um, so also speaking of daily repeatable rewards, now do we want to talk about dungeons? Yeah, this was a this was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, um, they sort of rebuffed dungeon rewards. Like, in, in the grand scheme, they overall rebuffed them. Doing an individual dungeon has not been rebuffed air quotes but now they have put it in a repeatable not not locked out in any way which is surprising to me um repeatable achievement of having just done eight separate paths so it and you get what five gold for that on top Mm -hmm. of every additional or every base reward and then also how many do you guys Uh, remember i think it's 150 tokens from the dungeon of your choice yeah. Yes. Uh, and that's in addition to the the base rewards, which you know are albeit nerfed from their previous amount. When adding in these rewards, makes them pretty good. And having it not on any kind of lockout is nice. Is very nice. Um, do you think this is going to get you guys back in dungeons more? I know that you both did dungeons a lot more than I did. Uh, yeah. So actually, um, so the w- another thing that they did for the rewards is that the bonus the bonus tokens you get the first time that you do a dungeon path in a day have been doubled. So you used oh, to... Oh, really? Yeah, so you get... Um, yeah, you get, what is it, 80? You used to get 40 tokens um, for the first time and 20, and 20 guaranteed. So, like, 
60 per day usually, and then three paths is 180 tokens a day. Now you now you get four or 80 bonus tokens, so you get 100 tokens per path per uh, each uh, the first time you run it each day. So that's and like a, an exotic armor, uh, an exotic chest piece from uh, from a from a dungeon like that gives you the skin, and that dungeon's unique rune set is now is 330 tokens. So uh, so that, that's pretty good. Like that's that's gonna ma- that's gonna make those dungeon collections a lot more viable. Yeah, for sure. Spirit. Yeah. It's sort of a trick question for me. I had already finished my dungeon collections back in the olden days. Um, and mostly, quote-unquote, the hard way um, by actually doing dungeon content. And you could always just go to PvP and get dungeon stuff if you wanted. And it was actually faster to get um, dungeon weapons. Weapons specifically. Armor was a little bit faster to get out of dungeons than... Uh, via pvp than in dungeons themselves so the idea that it's a little bit more equitable and maybe even faster now to get dungeon gear out of dungeons themselves is appealing to me um dungeons themselves at the moment are not so much um i'm not really interested in the skins anymore i can still probably salvage weapons i'll still use you know dungeon gifts for legendaries and there are reasons for me to hit dungeons uh especially helping friends that are you know learning dungeons for the first time there's a bunch of people who came in with heart of thorns who don't don't really know anything about dungeons because they were virtually not run even though they weren't removed but from the game uh the player base just generally didn't touch them so there's a whole whole bunch of new people just coming in for the first time to dungeons uh, which I would be happy to help out with. And yes, I think I will end up in there uh, with either a specific goal in mind or with friends. And I, it's not something I'm going to go out of my way to do, but that's sort of because I have done them to death. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, though, is is now if a friend asks you to do it, like you might have done it before. I mean, you know, you you probably will. But yeah you're not going to feel quite as much like you're just sort of like wasting your resources on it, which is, you know, you would, you would do it for the friendship aspect before, but now it actually will at least feel kind of nice. So yeah, that's something I didn't, I forgot I was going to mention, but I didn't, is it dungeons and, uh, you know, there are multiple reasons to, to bring them back, not completely nerfed. Um, but one of them is that it fills a really nice niche, like sort of low barrier to entry group content that has a potential to be difficult, but isn't necessarily. Um, that is also really fast, easy to pick up and play, and you can have some fun with it because it's easier. I mean, you don't have to uh, to use a person near and dear to me as an example you don't have to be stuck on your chronomancer forever and ever and ever because you're really good at chronomancer and people can't really or it's hard to find someone who can replace you right because there's not a lot of really good chronomancers for raids that you know at least in our circle of friends or whatever um so for that person to not have the ability to just pick up his revenant or his guardian or whatever and just just be able to play for fun for the first time in a long time uh, is really cool. And I'm looking forward to that as well, getting to play some classes that I have gone by the wayside for me because I don't play them perfectly or, you know, I'm just not confident enough on them in to do in raids or fractals or they're not quite geared right. Yeah, yeah. 
all 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 good things. So mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> I'm honestly just kind of amazed that they even touched them. So I'm glad that they touched them in a nice, happy way. <laughs> um, yeah. <sighs> wow. All right. We are almost an hour in and we still have several things to talk about. So unless you guys had anything else you wanted to talk about with dungeons. I have a segue. Segue. So another place you can get dungeon rewards now is in World v. World, which is like, what? But uh, they have added a couple of really cool new features to World v. World, one of which is reward tracks. And they are basically the same as the uh, PvP reward tracks, but they work a little bit differently. Um, You get, you sort of build map participation, much like in the open world or in in Heart of Thorns map. Um, You build map participation by doing events, killing people, um, you know, world v. world type things. And every every so often, uh, a tick will go off and it'll say, you have so much participation, I will give you this many reward track points. And so by playing world v. world, you can now get a lot of things that you could never get out of world v. world exclusively previously, and it's really gone already in the few days that it's been out a long way towards incentivizing world v. world specifically. Um, it... There are exclusive World v. World rewards from it that you couldn't get before. There's a new set of armor um, that is World v. World exclusive. You can get it nowhere else, much like the the glorious armor in PvP. Uh, you can get Mystic Clovers by doing the reward tracks, like you could in... Uh, what's it? In PvP. And uh, you don't just have to fight or kill people for it. If you like scouting, um, there's a new feature where you can, you can put people in a squad, and for every five people in the squad, you earn one... Uh, scout or i forget what it's called the a different slot you can designate a a specific person to get shared participation which means uh for all the participation the people in the group get is carried over to that person whether they're actually with the group or not which allows you to set up you know if if a certain amount of players agree or you know your commander agrees or whatever you can set one person to get rewards from not necessarily doing anything which is a little bit strange um, but definitely allows people to do alternate play styles, like watching towers or scouting ahead or behind, you know, just doing different things other than killing things and still getting great rewards out of it, um, which will go a huge way if it if it works out and is not abusable in some way. Uh, will go a huge way towards validating those sorts of play styles, which is absolutely great. It's it's not ever been done pretty much before in, in World v. World. It's just pretty much exclusively at- attacking was all that got you rewards, which is why you ended up with these crazy karma trains in Edge of the Mists and in World of the World proper as well. But uh, I'm really hoping that they're they're going to start validating some defensive and scouting playstyles. Yeah, that's a very interesting and cool way to, to implement that, for sure. It's one of those things that I've tried to think about how you would do it, and uh, I, you know, I've always just kind of come up blank, so... My hat's off to them for coming up with a at least uh, somewhat creative, I would say, and and just generally well implemented way of rewarding that. So that's that's cool. It it sucks to sort of have a mode that encourages people to take these jobs on that are literally thankless, like uh, in in terms of game reward. Obviously, players mm-hmm. would be thankful, but player thanks is uh only so much of an incentive uh so the player thanks doesn't pay for gear 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, uh, that's, that's what I was trying to get at. So that's, that's fantastic. So I'm, I'm excited for worldy worlders about that. Yeah. So on top of that, you know, in case that didn't sound good enough, um, worldy world got a new, uh, trait. It's not a trait line. I forget what they're called. You can invest the, the worldy world points into them to get different abilities. Ability line. I think that's what it's called. Um, and in that line, there are a couple things you can get, one of which is a provision master, which summons a, a merchant near you. Uh, depending on how far you've upgraded, you can buy several things from it, including siege weapons, uh, tricks and traps, and food and utilities. After that, if you keep investing in that line, and it's a relatively cheap line, so most people will be able to get it after a relatively short amount of play in World v. World, you can have auto loot in World v. World for the first time. Which is awesome, but also question mark, why wasn't that there before and why isn't that rolled into Masteries? <laughs> but still still good that it's there. So Yeah. yeah. Um Oh, there was a the end of that line also gives uh more badges of honor from enemies you've killed, which doesn't sound all that fantastic, but I've found even as a PvE recently, I have been using badges of honor for a lot of things and I've run out of them. So I'm looking forward to getting back into World v. World, playing some more and getting more stuff out of it, basically. Um, if you have surplus badges of honor, I don't think a lot of people know this, but you can go to your guild hall and buy badges of tribute for them. Those are an item that you can sell for about 40 silver a pop, and they will probably be going up and down with uh, the scribing changes, which, oh my god, we gotta talk about the scribing changes. But uh, you, that means your badges of honor are worth about one silver a piece. And I know that people are holding on to many thousands of them so depending on how many you have if you want to do that that could be a couple hundred gold for you but if you don't want to do that there are also new options for how to spend your badges of honor because there are a couple new bags you can get out of worldly world and i believe a couple other rewards too but the bags are the ones i know about you can get uh both 18 and 20 slot normal bags just just plain normal bags with badges of honor you can also get uh bags that specifically filter consumable so things like siege and foods and things will all by default go into that pack so there are many options for you now yeah that's pretty that's pretty cool um uh, sorry go ahead uh in addition to that because there are more world v world changes they sort of overhauled the desert borderlands and they are much sort of easier to navigate now and just generally better for world v world play they've flat, sort of flattened some terrain out they've opened things up that were previously uh unfair to people trying to trebuchet into different keeps which uh, sort of ruined a bit of a you know play style for people um and just just general sort of map tweaks that uh, have made it a better playable experience all around before they <laughs> remove the desert borderlands to bring the alpine borderlands back, which is coming in a few weeks. So uh, if you're a worldly worlder, I can imagine this is a good patch for you. I haven't had a chance to jump in and, and check it out myself, but I will shortly, hopefully. I'm still doing all the PvE stuff. Yeah, I'm still surprised that the whole desert desert borderlands replacing alpine borderlands thing happened. Like, did people not like the alpine borderlands? Like, it, se- it seemed fine to me. Um... I can't speak to this with much authority because I uh, sort of understand World v. World from sort of few experiences I have in there. I don't I don't spend a lot of time in there uh, unless there's a tournament going on, and we all know how many of those have happened in the past couple of years. 
Um, womp womp. Yeah, I think if I'm correct about this, the developers sort of from the beginning wanted to create more variety in the maps on the Borderlands. And I guess for whatever reason, they decided to make a whole new one instead of rotating. And I believe even uh, they had three matching ones for the Borderlands, but eventually wanted them to be all all different, but um, sort of equal. And for whatever reason, I guess they just decided to go and build a new map and, and duplicate it three times for the Borderlands. I don't know. Like, I, I say this as a PvE player. I liked the Desert Borderlands a lot. I think uh, once I understood them better, knew how to navigate them, I thought they were a great map. And I totally respect the changes they made and sort of, you know, smoothing things out and making a better world be world play experience. But uh, I also don't miss the Alpine Borderlands terribly. <laughs> I do have to say that. I just, it was very flat. It was a very long, boring run to get to anywhere you wanted to go. Um, there wasn't much of an opportunity, I felt at least, to sort of juke players. If you were going to run somewhere, everyone else on the map could see it very clearly where you were running. Um, which made for good fights for people, I guess. And, you know, I can understand liking that. I personally, I am a weasel and I like to hide behind an environment and run under people and around people and just not get killed. Personally, I am a weasel. I think that's the title this week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I honestly am so disconnected from World v. World that I can't even really weigh in on <laughs> the, you know, various reasons why people do or don't like the various Borderlands maps. So, uh, yeah. Uh. Yeah, they, they have these two maps now, and now, they'll, now they'll, they'll, they're like, they'll be taking out this map that they just did, a, that they spent years working on and then just revamped. So I hope, I hope that eventually they'll, they'll, like, rotate between the two. Or like maybe have one borderland be one map and the other and another the other borderlands be the other map. Um, they I guess they want them all to be the same for the same map for balance reasons, but yeah. maybe they can maybe they can reevaluate that. I don't know. It just it just seems like a shame that they would that they would have these two maps, but continually one of them would be in a state of disuse. Yeah, it's that would be a shame. Also, speaking of. Things in disuse, I guess. Um, server pairings? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, com like sort of temporarily combining multiple servers to bolster up the World v. World population, but not in a permanent as-of-yet way is interesting. That's an interesting idea. You guys have any thoughts on that? Seems fine. Seems fine. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about how... Okay, well, first of all, I am over-the-top excited for all the new ship names that are going to come out. I uh, think, what was it? Uh, Yaksgate and... Uh, oh, man, I forgot all the server pairings. I don't know. So there was a bunch leaked, and I believe in the AMA confirmed... Sorry. The AMA that ArenaNet did on Reddit uh, the day of the patch, they said that they had tweaked those and are not going to be releasing them ahead of time, so people minimally try and game the system and get onto a, a favorable population server pairing. Um, so we don't actually know what those are going to be, but I can definitely tell you that we're all going to be mashing them up, and I am so excited uh, for the one big ookie of World v. World names. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
I, you know, I hope the yak part of yak spend will come out on top instead of the bend part, <laughs> because yak is by far the more exciting aspect. So I will I will make the prediction that on yak spend, the yak will be the first one. And on whatever server you're fighting against, the bend will be the one that comes to <laughs> Devona's bend. Okay, I mean, you're not wrong. It depends on who we get <laughs> mar- paired up with. But, like, what if it was Anvil Yak? <laughs> like, Northern is so boring. It'll just be Northern something. Northern Shiver Yaks? Mm-hmm. That's pretty Northern good. Northern Bay. <sighs> okay, all right. Whew, gotta just, like, take a breath. It's just <laughs> so much stuff, man. Um, yeah, uh... Was there just, much just else to wrap wanted- up that thought? Oh, go ahead. Um, that those beta population pairings will be starting on Friday this week uh, with reset, I believe. So we don't know who we're going to get until then. But uh, welcome, I for one welcome our new server friends, and I hope it works out because it sounds like a cool solution to a problem. Yep. <sighs> okay. All right. What do we want to talk about next? Uh, we've still got class balance changes, heart of thorns changes. And instant eighty. Oh God. Um. Let's do class balance, but we don't have that much to say about it. That's true. I was also gonna say the same thing with instant eighty because there's because it's cool, but not much to say about it. You first. Okay. Instant eighty. Uh. Kind of surprised that they put this in with the prevalence of birthday scrolls and level up tomes, of which I have a billion. Um. But yeah, it's. Uh, kind of in depth honestly it doesn't just put you to 80 it gives you gear it puts you in the silver waste it unlocks a handful of waypoints if you're not already level 80 and you can undo it which is the craziest part um so you get to sort of like try out your level 80 version for as long as you want and then you can click undo basically and completely nuke out any progress that you've made but keep the level 80 thing for another profession which is i'm i'm i mean it's kind of amazing that's kind of a lot of work that they put into a level up scroll effectively mm-hmm. and um, it gets delivered to you in a shared inventory slot that they just give you yeah which is crazy that's like eight dollars worth of gems that they just gave you or like nine dollars yep. worth of gems yep and who 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 got those is it everyone with a paid account is it just people with heart of thorns is it do you guys know I think the patch notes said Heart of Thorns purchasers. Yeah, I also think that. Yeah, because because the idea was to get was to get get you directly to the fun, so you can start you can start playing with your friends that already had level eighty characters. Mm-hmm. But then the tooltip on the level eighty boost says for advanced players. <laughs> I mean, some of both. Like, if you mm-hmm. have no level eighty characters, jumping straight to level eighty to hop into Heart of Thorns is not necessarily going to be the most positive play experience have i feel a bad time yeah but yeah i i mean they raise the cap on shared inventory slots this doesn't count towards the cap it's free it's a very convenient and fairly well thought out system so yeah i mean it's that there's really not much else to say other than it's a surprise and it's a cool one. I don't think anybody can possibly find anything bad about it. And if you don't want another level 80 character, you can use it on any level 80 character you have and instantly get all waypoints. So that's pretty cool. And a and bunch of other stuff too. Slot. 
What's yeah, die, die packs and some boosters and other things, too, even if you use it on a level 80. So if you're all set already, just use it on a level 80. You don't play that often. Get a whole bunch of stuff out of it. Yeah, exactly. And a free inventory slot. Shared inventory slot. Like, mm-hmm. Yep. All around great. Um, big, big uh, positive feelings boost, I think. So. 10 out of 10 Norns. <laughs> Would Norn again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My uh, suggestion for it is to use it to use it to make a uh, Mesmer. And uh, spend, that you can just park somewhere with Portal. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, then again, I mean, I can I can do that with regular level 80 tomes, too. I mean, whatever. Yeah, doesn't matter. Uh, it's cool. We're excited. We're happy. Uh, class balance? <laughs> yeah, so I guess there's kind of a segue from World vs. World. They made, they made some changes related to stability and CC. Oh, so that yeah. way, So, like, the gone, gone are the days of one Necro with Spectral Wall wiping out a Zerg in Edge of the Mists. Because uh, for for skills for skills like that, they added a they added a target limit, so it can only attack if they can, those skills like that. So like the necro spectral wall, the guardian uh, wards, the elementalist static field. Those those skills all only have only affect the first certain number of targets uh, that that they encounter. Um, and uh, and also they uh, they when they made stability a like a stacking boon so that you have like getting hit removes one stack of stability as opposed to stability be- just being a non-stacking boon that makes you immune to CC. Um, there's, they increased the, the, they increased like the interval at which stack stability can be removed. I think it's now only one stack, one stack can only be removed every three quarters of a second, something like that. Yeah. So basically all your, if, if you're in a world versus world Zerg where this is, where this is most relevant, like you're and you and you put on stability, all that stability is not going to get stripped off of you so fast. So, um, so there's there are a lot of changes to that effect. Yeah, I I completely forgot about that. Uh, yeah, so much stuff. Uh, I I honestly didn't even know there wasn't a cap or beforehand on Spectral Wall. I mean, I I ran people off of cliffs with it and laughed, but I always just sort of assumed that it only hit five people and then stopped working <laughs> because that's how lots of things work. So. Yeah, walls didn't have anything like that because, like, it, because I guess it's not. It, it wasn't. I think the the thinking behind the like AOE target limits is that it's just, it's just like so clearly powerful, and it's also I guess like a server server like it's like CPU expensive to like do that many calculations. Mm-hmm. But I guess that I guess that wasn't an issue for like wall type skills, or it, or it just didn't it didn't bubble up until now. Right. Right. Um, just like she just got nerfed through the floor. <laughs> yes, sure it did. did. I was sort of um, not smirked, but rolled my eyes at groups that could only get Gorsival's break bar down through slick shoes. Now I'm going to have a little uh, internal giggle at groups that are struggling this week without engineers. Yeah. Although I can't laugh too much because our guild struggles with Gorsival in general, but you know, break bars weren't a thing we had problem with. Yeah, it's just one of those things that now people have to actually be responsible for CC instead of just shunting it all onto one person with a mm-hmm. clearly not functioning as intended skill. So... Yeah, so what they did is they made it only able to hit one target per cast of the... Or like, a target once per cast of the skill, so you can't hit Gorsable multiple times with the same skill, which is what just shredded his bar. Right. Um, it would be it like is... if you could put one of the CC walls down and it would just infinitely activate a billion times and just kill it. Like, that just clearly is not how it's meant to yeah. work. So. Um, 
it is, yeah, it was also a problem in PvP, and it was a necessary nerf, and I think a fairly reasonable one, because it still works uh, probably closer to as intended. But yeah. um, As long as they leave Revenant staff alone. Oh, uh, yeah, that might be a problem if that ever disappears. <laughs> we'll see. But that, that's, that's like kind of their role, like they're kind of the kings of CC, whereas, whereas NG is just like... Like like the revenant can't do it themselves, so they can take out a bit uh, like a nice big chunk of Gorsable's Define Spar. But mm-hmm. the, but the engine could pr- pretty much oh I'm just going to cast these two skills and run around in a circle inside his hitbox and then it's done. So so I don't I don't think I don't think there's a danger of of that. But um, but yeah um, I I like play, I like playing revenant and and uh, nailing that CC rotation. It just it feels good. Yep. What. Honestly, uh, I don't think any of us really plays NG too much. Is there anything else that stood out about the balancing for NG that we wanted to talk about? This is going to be a real abbreviated class balance talk because yeah. we have two necro mains and a baby necro main. Well, not main, but baby necro major player, if you will, and uh, kind of thief still, sort of, and then a lot of not playing a lot of other classes anymore, so... Yeah, and NG is not really in my wheelhouse. More more power to the people that know how to push all those buttons. Yeah, yep. I I have played NG in the past, and I've, I'm working on getting back to it. It was sort of a, um, as raids were coming out, uh, quick learn NG fast, because you have the ability to gear and pick up a class real fast. And then I uh, didn't end up in the comp really for any of the groups i was in and it, i mean the ng wasn't built right because that was the whole like wow condition gear is suddenly coming to the front i've got sinister this isn't quite right i really need to work on that and then by the time i got a set done it was viper it was a necro and yeah it was a weird thing um so i have sort of an appreciation for raid ng but not not much else and i don't they basically reduced the scrappers uh Scrappers sustain in PvP, I think. I don't think any of those have major PvE changes, especially since I don't know of any really Scrapper-centric uh, PvE builds. They seem to all be Condi NGs, which are the default NG, not not Scrapper. Although Scrappers have, have tanked various raid things and are definitely can put out enough damage to compete with other classes. It's just not the, the sort of top of anything, I believe, unless you're a default Condi NG. Yeah, I've um, I've I've seen I've seen Condi NG builds that take Scrapper and don't take Scrapper. I'm not I'm not sure which which is quotes meta. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Necro had a change to chill, which or rather we got a bunch of our chill durations nerfed. Which eh, whatever, like it, it doesn't really bother me that much. And then they changed the functionality of probably one of the most unique traits that they've had in a long time, which was the one that made Chill do damage, and it had its own special damage type, and that's just gone. So now all it does is adds eight, an 8 second bleed stack whenever you apply Chill, which is pretty boring and feels like a pretty big damage nerf, but... The chill trait wasn't really working very well before, where so only one necro would get the chill damage. So, you know, I mean, if you got a couple necros, especially in open world, that's ultimately going to be a group-wide damage buff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of 
kind of disappointing like thematically like it was it was cool seeing the chill damage floater and that only that like basically only reapers would ever see that because nobody else's chill does damage mm-hmm. um but na- but now it's just your chi- your chill is your regular chill and and uh when you apply chill you apply bleeding and your ble- and your bleeding number is higher but that's it doesn't feel as cool it does it does solve the it does solve the, like a contention problem that like non-stacking conditions used to have like went back and only one person could have burning um, what I what I what I wish they would have done is that they they introduce like a new a new condition on like like frostbite or something like you're when you apply chill you also apply a new condition frostbite that does damage and then that could be intensity stacking. That could have been cool, yeah. Um, um, and um, and kind of the same like I guess like the um the fear does damage trade isn't really meta I guess but if but if it was. Then they could do then they could do the same thing there. Like when you apply fear, you apply terror, which does damage, and it does more damage if your opponent has another condition on them. Yeah, I know. Uh, at least from what I've read, part of the rationale behind nerfing it is because in PvP there were too many uh, different damage sources that a necro could have on a player through conditions, and so by condensing the chill damage into bleeds, it takes less condition removals to get rid of the damaging conditions off of you. Um, I'm not sure how much that factored into it, but with your solution, uh, I believe that would still be a problem. Yep, and in fact, it would be more of a problem because there would be there would be the the existing chill condition and then the new frostbite condition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's not uh, ultimately whatever. I guess basically, yeah. it's, that's about what I feel like. It's it's disappointing to nerf one of the more flavorful traits. I think those are the coolest kinds of traits, and I was really hopeful that maybe we would see more types of that where there were sort of splinter off special extra damaging things on either non-damaging conditions for uh, like not even necessarily for necromancers but um you know i i just thought that was a cool design space and it's gone but whatever uh wells got buffed which is exciting uh because i've always loved wells so uh just in the form of lower recharges so that's that's pretty cool and really the only other big thing on Necro was the skill four in Reaper Shroud got the number of whirl combos reduced from 11 to six. So, I mean, that is a nerf, but not, again, I, <laughs> I don't really care, I guess. Well, for, for Veil Guardian, uh, if you had, if you were, if you were on the Condi team and you had an en- and you had an NG, they would drop a fire field and you would whirl eleven stacks of burning onto the Red Guardian, and that sure. was. But it was so it was it was crazy strong. I wouldn't. I don't. I don't think there's an argument that it was that 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 was like just way more whirls than a, than a skill needs. I mean, yeah, I, you're you're not wrong, but like we we did Veil Guardian since this patch aside from the fact that it's aggro was bugged and we got red down basically just as fast as we always have so i mean obviously Mm -hmm. there's some dps hit but not enough to make a huge huge difference i would wager it's much more a pvp targeted fix yeah you know um yeah i I doubt they're really concerned with how fast the red veil guardian dies yeah that's exactly yeah that's that's exactly my thoughts as a as a pve almost exclusive player uh i don't think i'm really gonna notice it in terms of my overall effectiveness and i from a pve perspective don't think it particularly needed to be nerfed but i can definitely see why 11 stacks of burning in a couple seconds while also applying 11 stacks of poison and also dealing physical damage is um hurtful 
Yep. So especially when you're in PvP and you have a player health pool. That's which yes, would, that's what, yeah. which which would just immediately empty out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I meant. Yeah. So, meh. Uh, Spirit, you want to talk about a different class? Sure. Let me just find the changes again because there were thirty odd pages of patch notes. Yep. And I was scrolled up to somewhere else. How about Guardian? Or Thief, I'm curious hey, if, they did if, some Guardian if Thief things. is employed. Or, yeah, or Thief, because I never play Thief unless I'm playing it for kicks, because he's my joke character. I will be completely honest, I didn't even look at the Thief changes. <laughs> I It's been so long since I've been able to dust off my Thief properly, and that I just didn't even bother. With all, I mean, I, I didn't sit there and read the patch notes, I was in-game going, oh my god. Um, <laughs> let's see. Recharge times reduced on all the virtues. Okay, that's cool. Um, I don't use any of those anymore because I use Dragon Hunter. Um, but I guess that would make them a little bit more viable compared to Dragon Hunter. Um, would, those, all the... would, those, would those cooldowns carry over? I don't think so. I think they're entirely different skills. Because it, it, it's just reduce the reduction to the skill itself, not any trait lines. Oh, I see. Um, what else? The lines of lines of warding have been reduced to 10. The All the shouts got a cooldown reduction. Uh, oh, oh, okay. This one actually did hurt me. Uh, True Shot, which is the two on the longbow, got its damage reduced by 20%. That skill was probably deserved it. Maybe not 20%. I may have, would have gone 10. But, uh, wow, lining people up and just getting crazy crits on that was a lot of fun. And I will miss that because uh, it was ridiculous. It rooted you but it pierced targets, and you could pierce multiple people targets for, like, 13k plus damage if you're set on uh, Berserker gear and things. It was a little bit ludicrous, and I understand why it got nerfed, but I am also, you know, correspondingly sad. Uh, but to compensate for that, the 3 and 4 on the longbow both got buffed by a significant amount, uh, 20 and 25% respectively, so hopefully that makes up for it a little bit. Let's use some other skills. Um, and the 5 skill uh, previously made rings of warding around each target it hit up to five throwing that into a world v world zerg uh could be rage quittingly uh mad inducing i don't that was an actual word basically it made five rings of warding inside the zerg it could be it was usable from rain and the worst part of it all is that it was culled because for whatever reason like it just prioritized culling it so there were these Five rings of warding just completely disrupting your your large group of players. Uh, for it was really awful. I'm glad it got fixed. Like it it sounds terrible. Um, the the rings only come up if they strike on the last attack of the barrage. Um, they're more visible, and the cooldown uh, was actually reduced a tiny bit. Whatever. I think it'll be a lot better. Also, the the yeah, these are all PvP and like world changes they are not gonna do anything to raid guardians or pve guardians pretty much unless you play default guardian still Alrighty. uh op do you want to cover a profession um i can i can talk about elementalist briefly that's good enough for me yeah so i um i, I end up playing tempest a lot in raids um it's a, it's an important role for corsola because of keeping the orbs clear um so i was so i was happy to see it there is an ironic contrast between like the between the uh, like the, the blurb at the top about what they were hoping to accomplish with the change that they wanted to they wanted to improve uh, scepter and dagger, but then if you read about halfway down the bullet points, uh, 
It's they uh, buffed uh, the damage of Fireball, which is the staff fire auto attack by seventeen percent. So they they want to they want to promote scepter and dagger, but oh, we're gonna make fireball seventeen percent better. Yeah, the <laughs> literal skill that like you spam in the most popular like yeah elementalist building. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah, so that's um that's I think that's gonna help uh Gorsival raid uh, raid comps that stack tempests um because uh, because it'll be because it it takes like a lava font and a couple uh pings of fireballs to get those orbs down now now it might be one full fireball less so that that'll be nice um and i'm i've 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 actually crafted up um the ascended weapons for like the daggers and focus and warhorn but i have i haven't gotten to use them in a raid yet so i can't really comment on those uh with uh, much authority yep fair enough um Thief. Okay, I was just gonna do a real quick on Ranger, which is oh, that yeah. uh, you can now use Sword Auto Attack. <laughs> um, no, I mean technically you could use it before, but if you've ever used it, it super annoyingly used to and no longer takes control out of your hands on the second and third hits, I believe, where you sort of do these little jumps and it just locked you in place and it felt really unnatural and got you into a lot of bad situations and was very unintuitive and didn't feel very Guild Wars-y. It just felt it felt very sort of old-school MMO by animation locking you, and it put a really high skill floor on being able to use it effectively that I don't think was warranted. So that's gone. Uh, they renamed some of the skills and, and changed them somewhat. I'm not going super in-depth on this because I haven't played my Ranger in a long time, but that change alone is worth calling out specifically because i've always thought that the sword was really cool but just i just could not play it um yeah and some buffs to uh shortbow um i don't i don't know if they're enough i don't i don't play enough ranger to know if they're enough but coincidentally with releasing a new legendary shortbow that's tiger themed (laughs) it's true that is true that is true um yeah anyway but on to the only other shortbow class spirit uh thief uh, shortbow got no changes on thief. <laughs> True, um, but there are a segue. couple. There are a couple buffs to pistols, uh, specifically pistol pistol unload now grants one stack of might for eight seconds when striking an enemy. I don't know how high that stacks your might. Um, I think that might go a long way. <laughs> it might. It may go a long way in PvP towards making pistol pistol viable, but I still don't think it's just. It's a weird set pistol pistol. It doesn't. Like, you've got um, sort of good skills in both hands, and unload is okay, but neither set lets you capitalize on the skills in the other hand as much as dagger pistol or pistol dagger. Um, so I, I don't know what that's going to do to PvP. In PvE, might is thrown around so much that I doubt that will make a difference to pistol pistol. Um, I don't think it'll make pistol pistol thieves any better in raids. Um, and if you're not raiding, then it doesn't matter if it's that viable or not. Um, it's still a cool option. It's a nice sort of flavor for Pistol Pistol that wasn't there before. Uh, other than that, they fixed or changed some skills that move the thieves like Heartseeker and Weakening Charge on the staff, which also moves you forward to be affected by quickness and slow. That will just change how far you move when you are under those effects, I believe. Um, 
Well, if it's quick, distance, slow, would it be the would it be distance or animation speed? Oh, I bet it's you know I bet it's animation speed because of the changes they did to the quick, distance, slow formulas, uh, which I am not equipped to talk about. So if you want to read about those, you can check the patch notes for yourself because I do not remember what they were at all. But uh, what they wanted to do is make quickness be about as effective as normal, but reduce the effectiveness of slow a little bit. But yeah, I'm not really well prepared to talk about that. Um, what else? They did some more buffs to the boon-stealing capabilities of Thieves. So Larsenous Strike on the Sword Dagger is back. Um, boon, or the, not Boon Thieves, that's the uh, fractal one. Bountiful Theft uh, steals boons when you use <laughs> steel, uh, which I really like to use. I liked running a Trickery Thief back in the day. Um, that also now steals an additional boon and the oh the heal skills withdraw now additionally removes in it used to remove remove cripple chill and immobilize and now it also removes torment um hidden shadows used to remove bleeding burning poison now also removes confusion so again i think primarily pvp changes to help thieves get around certain professions a little bit better um but an additional boon to you in PvE if you use one of those two heal skills. There's a couple other things, but those are the most interesting ones. A couple damage modifiers being tweaked a little bit, not enough to, to do anything really major. Yep, yep. Uh, Warrior got most of their CC base class abilities buffed in the form of either longer CD, or I mean, uh, shorter shorter cooldowns or longer uh, CCs. Um that is all. <laughs> I don't. It's it's not gonna it's not gonna replace your role as the PS warrior. But maybe if you're doubling or tripling up on warriors, maybe somebody having a little bit more break bar ability on a stick might happen, or it might not because you'll just take headbutt. I don't know. Um, um fan of fan of fire on the longbow got got a little bit of a buff. Like uh, the burning is three seconds instead of two seconds base. So oh, that's true. Um, so the auto attack is more damage too. Yep. So any, so anybody who's still running uh, Bern, Bernzerker is going to get a little more damage. Probably not enough to bring them back. Not not nearly enough to bring them back to the dominance they had a few months ago. Yep. Yep. Um. Re- oh, and rewinding to Ranger a bit, I wanted to talk about Search and Rescue. Oh, right. Good call. So uh, with with the release of Salvation Pass and uh, and and also I think in PvP, like it became it was becoming really apparent that Search and Rescue is really like overperforming, like. It's the it's uh, the ranger's uh, revive uh, utility skill, so it um, it sends the it sends your pet out to the uh, out to the target, and the pet revives them. Um, at some point, I don't remember when they added that it that it teleports your target to to you, and then and then your pet heals them. So you so not only do you revive the person, but you also get them out of whatever danger they're in right now. So that's like that's huge in. That's huge in raids, like particularly for Veil Guardian and uh, Slothosaur and uh, Matthias, and and in P- and in PvP, like you, you can save somebody from a stomp. Um, and it, it it worked on twelve hundred range, which is which is huge. Um, and, so with, and up to five targets, right? Um, one one target uh, transfusion, the Necro pull can work on multiple targets. Okay, I, th- I just picked up Ranger recently and remembered seeing that it was 1200 range and I thought five targets and I was like, whoa, no wonder it is crazy strong and everyone's taking it now. 
Yeah, so it's um, they increased the they increased the cooldown to sixty seconds from forty five, and they brought the range down to six hundred, which which is which is reasonable. I was I was afraid they were going to do something worse than that, like take the take the teleport <laughs> out of it entirely. But it is it is it is a nice panic button when somebody when somebody goes down in a bad bad spot. Mm-hmm. That makes me uh, it makes me think that maybe maybe they'll be looking at transfusion in the future on on the the necro blood magic. But but maybe not because for a lot of raid comps you actually have to drop a reaper to uh, like make room for that. So it's um, so it's it's really good, but it's also really expensive because you need a you need to you need to take that specialization for it. Yeah, um, yeah, and that depends too on it, as far as dropping it whether or not minions are particularly effective and whether or not you want that death magic trait line. Because if you yep. don't need death magic, then it just goes in there as your second slot. But if yeah, anyway, that's sort of a complex uh, complex discussion. But uh, was there anything relevant to talk about on Revenant? I see what you did there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The sword bug didn't get fixed. Yeah. Not to complain about a majorly awesome patch, but that was a sad one to see not in there. Yeah, they they did at least. I think in the AMA they said that they were aware of it, so hopefully that'll get fixed soon. Yeah. I just I hope it I hope it does, like since it's a bug fix, like I hope it doesn't wait for like the next quarterly update. Like bug like bug fixes aren't like new features. Like I I, I would hope yeah. those can go out sooner. Yeah, that's true for sure. And does that just leave us with Mesmer? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Is there anything significant? Uh, well, of the speedy one and the one that gives alacrity, I don't know the names. I just stand in them. Uh, we're both, uh, they were both reduced in cooldown, so yay for chronomancers. I think they also made it a little bit easier for chronomancers to get alacrity for themselves, not for the party, uh, which makes, uh, to quote... Christian, who knows more about Chronomancers than I will ever know, makes the tanking rotation a little bit more forgiving. Yeah, it's that's the, all I got it's for the, you. It, it's the flow of time trait. So, I that is that the is that the shatter gives alacrity trait. I do not know. I, I don't fanned. know. We're scrubs. <laughs> um. So honestly, yeah, yeah it is. It's, you get alacrity for each illusion you shatter. Cool. So that's all the right. that's the personal alacrity. Um. So honestly, uh, this has already gone way long, and I knew it was going to, but we haven't <laughs> even talked about the Heart of Thorns stuff, and I'm thinking about just postponing that till next week, because I don't think any of us have even really had a chance to play that content yet. Sure. Um, is that uh, I went, cool I, went, I went and looked at a Vista Entangled Depths. Does that count? It does not. Um, I'm okay postponing Heart of Thorns stuff. I'd like to talk about scribing quick before we go, though. No! Yeah, no, that's fine. Go ahead. Okay. So, uh, sort of in conjunction with uh, Chronomancer changes, uh, at least that's what made me think of it, um, The all of the scribing, pretty much everything in scribing got changed to make it much, much, much more reasonable to do. Um, still, I think, would be an expensive endeavor to do it entirely on your own, especially if you're only building decorations. Um, but definitely a feasible long-term goal as opposed to one that just seems completely out of reach. Uh, long-term being maybe a month or two if you played every day, you know, sort of in the evenings every day, did a, a few fractals and earned stuff and tried to farm the materials yourself. I think it would take maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe closer to two, three months, uh, but definitely doable on your own. And if you have a guild behind you, all the better. You'll be able to make stuff a lot faster. Um, 
I think before the patch, I made a big lion statue for Relics of Ore, and that cost me 100 gold um, to make an item that before the patch was much, 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 much more expensive than that lion statue. I paid 17 gold last night. So it has come down quite a lot. And sort of in relation to that, the sigil of concentration, which has the potential to be quite a big influencer in a raid group, um, has come down in price. It previously was about 220 gold, which is well beyond out of reach for most people and uh, ludicrously expensive for a sigil. Uh, for context, most high-end, you know, like the most desired sigils are probably around 14 to 15 gold um, most of the time. So it was way out of reach, and it has now come down to 40 to 60 gold in the couple of days since scribing has come down, which, which sounds very expensive. Um, but the materials to get it are possible to gather yourself, and so if you had gone out and done that instead of buying one off the trading post, um, it would be fairly reasonable to acquire. This sigil has the potential to, uh, I don't want to say cause problems, but maybe cause problems. It has the potential essentially to be able to push revenants out of raids or to give an alternative to taking a revenant to a raid because with that sigil and a bit of commander's gear, chronomancers can get 100% boon duration on themselves without a revenant. Um, Revenants currently have pretty low damage. They're great for putting out boons and CC, but they don't deal a lot of damage. And so if you can pick up, if you have a source of fury, if you um, have decent break bar, and you have a chronomancer with 100% boon uptime, you essentially don't need a Revenant at all. Which on one hand is great because it falls in line with the, the Guild Wars attitude of you know, you don't necessarily need any class. We don't have to spend time, you know, looking for Revenant to be able to raid. Uh, but at the same time, sort of hurts their viability in raids because there's not necessarily, uh, you know, they they can be completely replaced at this point. So I think it's something worth keeping an eye on. I don't know how it's going to change things for the sort of general general public of raiders uh for the top end groups uh, revenants have essentially disappeared which is sort of interesting to watch i think there was a there was a three minute gorsival kill recently and that had uh two druids two ps warriors and i think uh one chrono and the rest were tempests which uh yep those are the high damage output and buff builds that min maxing it would make that possible but uh Sadly, not very diverse. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> uh, alrighty. Well, I think I'm about ready to put cork in it. Yep, I think I'll be good too. Yep. Alrighty. Well, thank you for joining us this week, Opt, and thank you, Spirit, as always. Um, I don't know exactly when we're going to record next since this is sort of middle, late of the week. Maybe it'll be weekends from now or maybe it'll just be early next week but we will be back pretty soonish so thank you for listening cheers bye this has been another episode of relics of war if you want to get in touch with us you can check out our website and forums at relicsofwar.com email us at relicsofwar at gmail.com or find us on your favorite social media site just by searching relics of orr if you'd like to join us in-game, you can send a whisper or in-game mail to Spiritface, or drop us a note on Twitter or our website and say hi. 
Lastly, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, feel free to leave us a comment and the rating you feel we deserve.